Good morning, and welcome to the first edition of Shifting Gears. As a lot of you know, as you probably picked up on my feed here, I'm doing a music podcast, but today's show is going to be a program called Shifting Gears. It's going to be spoken. I am. Uh, I, I want to try to do this once a month and uh, pretty much just give you a little glimpse inside the life of Sir Truck Driver. Um, I'm just going to kind of goof around, noodle around with some news stories and some personal things going on here in my life. And uh, I think back in the uh, back in the old days of podcasting, they used to call it the personal vlogging or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, but uh, anyway, just figured I might uh, give it a shot and see if anybody uh, gives me some feedback. I'm always looking for feedback, and you can give feedback to uh, me at uh, rollingonshow at gmail.com. And um, if uh, you guys uh, like it, we'll keep it in. And uh, if uh, not, we'll see maybe about uh, setting up a second feed and... Um, but uh, seeing as I'm only going to be doing this like once a month, I don't see where it should really seriously be a problem. Uh, so anyway, what we're listening to here is a track by uh, Simon Hawker. It's uh, called Like Dreaming, and I found that over on LN Beats, and I thought it was a pretty interesting, might make a little bit of a decent opener here. So uh, I'll see if I can get that uh, linked over on my website Um, I am having a problem with uh, setting up the uh, link uh, the uh, split kit Um, I am not quite uh, podcast 2.0 compliant like I thought I was and uh, I am uh, working waiting on um, uh, blueberry to implement uh, their version of uh, the split kit so that I can directly link or so that you as a listener can directly uh, uh, donate to an artist uh, right directly while my track or while their track is playing in my show. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You can, uh, you can go listen to um, uh, Adam Curry in a Boostergram ball and he is continually describing that. Um, so if I, I am not, uh, I, I'm, I suck at describing stuff. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're just gonna, like I said, we're just gonna noodle on here. Um, we've been uh, busy this uh, this last month, um, last three, well, a little more than three weeks. Uh, we've been uh, out driving. I think I pulled something. I averaged, I think, about twenty six hundred miles or so over the three week period that I was out. So I did seventy two hundred miles. And uh, I had a lot of fun um, just driving around and doing what needed to be done. And I've been, uh, I managed to make it almost coast to coast on this one. Um, I got, uh, I started out um, in Texas and went up to uh, Layton, Utah, made a delivery up there. And then from there, I went all the way back over to, uh, was it uh, Jessup, Maryland? No, not Jessup. yeah, I didn't keep any notes on this kind of freelancing, which I suck at freelancing. Um, oh, uh, Northeast Maryland. Uh, it's a it, it's a little town actually called Northeast, and 
made a delivery there and then kind of worked my way down uh, the East Coast a little bit and um, ended up uh, back over in Texas. And now I'm on my uh, three days off and uh, going to be uh, recording my uh, next uh, four uh, music shows to uh, put up here. And um, But uh, yeah, we've been uh, been kind of busy. we got a, uh, quite a few things going on here at the house as well. Um, I do. Uh, I live alone, and I've been uh, slowly uh, rebuilding things since I had uh, the uh, the wife passed away here a number of years ago, almost almost three years ago, and uh, so I've been kind of rebuilding things here and got uh, uh, just yeah, things going on here at the house. So uh, one of the things that I've been uh, working on is uh my weight i in case anybody isn't really aware I, which i haven't really talked about publicly is i'm a i'm quite the uh, quite a chunky guy um i am up there at somewhere around 300 and well let's see i took my weight this morning and i think it was uh, 372 or 371 and change i think i took a picture but i don't have it available and um being a truck driver and not getting a lot of exercise and getting, um, uh, you know, eating and eating out of the truck stops and such, you know, everything is all uh, bread and sugars and starches and all kinds of stuff. And we uh, made a making a concentrated effort to get back into keto. Um, I did, uh, I did uh, follow a keto way of eating uh, back in, it would have been 2015 or 2016, something like that. And uh, I know I'm heavy now, but I was much heavier way back then. I topped out at somewhere around 435 pounds, and I uh, ended up going into the hospital uh, several times for um, uh, diabetes-related issues. Um, had some, um, uh, I forget what exactly what they, I, ultimately I ended up having uh, to get some surgery uh, on two different occasions, um, get the, get a, a little cyst that gets infected, and one of them was was in my groin, and it uh, it put me out of work for three months. It almost killed me. If I hadn't gone to the hospital, one I did, they uh, I ended up going in the hospital. I think with like a hundred and three point five degree fever, and um, the uh, the doctor did the did you know did a, a look over and noticed that the you know, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had a little you know it, a little itch in my groin. And, uh, yeah, hold your jokes. <laughs> um, I had uh, a, an unknown to me, a, a little uh, cyst that instead of growing, uh, you know, from the inside out, it was growing from the outside and working its way in. And it was starting to uh, eat uh, eat its way in. It was right where um, your leg meets, uh, I think they call it a paranesis. Per- the taint, basically, something like that, and uh, so they ended up doing uh, doing some surgery, and you know, we got to discussing um, you know lifestyle and diet and all of that, and uh, I was in the hospital I think for three three and a half um, yeah, about three weeks, and um, I ended up getting out of the hospital, and I said, well, you know, not not going to do this again, and I got into uh, searching off on. Um, uh, various uh, diets, and you know, I looked into you know, seeing about veganism, and then I, I 
realized that I was taking the uh, the wrong tact on it, and you know, I was looking to control the diet, but I actually wasn't looking, you know, at what uh, diabetes truly is and, and how to actually control it. And it's done through more than just diet, and um, it uh, it has to do with uh, controlling your blood glucose. And, you know, I, at that time, you know, this was 2015, 2016, you know, I'd, I'd been diabetic for a while, but no doctor had ever actually sat me down and discussed with me, you know, what my, uh, you know, what diabetes actually was and what to do with it and, you know, how to control it. They just, you know, threw the pills at me and said, here, take these and, you know, don't eat all that much, you know, and, and that was it. That was the, the essence of the discussion. And uh, so while I was out on uh, my uh, on my uh, doctor leave here, um, I sat down and did a really deep dive into it. And I ultimately I ended up settling on uh, on keto. And at, yeah, at that time, I, uh, get, coming out of the hospital, I was four hundred and thirty-five pounds, and I mean, I was a, I was a big boy. I don't, I don't think if I had continued to stay at that weight and not concentrate, I probably wouldn't be here today. And um, so I did uh, keto for probably about uh, well, hard keto, oh, yeah, hardcore keto. Uh, for about a year, and in that year, I lost 135 pounds. I went from uh, 435 down to 300. Actually, I think it was at my lowest. I think it was 299.6. And um, I managed to stay at that weight. You know, I, I, gradually, I ended up uh, falling off. And this is one of the things about keto: you need to have some discipline. And I had had some other personal things going on in my life, and I ended up, you know, I'm I'm the kind of person that uh, when I get um, upset, I tend to eat. And I was having a lot of personal things going on in my life, uh, changes going on in the job, changes going on with federal rules that made my job much more harder, um, over over regulation, and and other personal things going on in my home life, and. So I managed to keep most of that weight off, but uh, I did end up, you know, sliding off of uh, off of the keto, <clears throat> and um, I managed to more or less keep the keep a steady weight. And then, uh, about like I said earlier, about two two and a half years ago, the wife ended up passing away, and that just you know that kicked me sideways, and. Um, I just I gave up on everything and I just you know started body slamming every restaurant that I could get into and so I've I've uh, started gaining I've gained back a lot of that weight in in two and a half years and I've I've made a decision that I'm not going to let that uh, I'm not going to let myself get back to that kind of weight and it's just a uh, it's not a situation I want to get back into but. Um, there's a quite a few uh, a few different podcasts that are talking about um, uh, podcast about uh, weight loss. One of the uh, ones that I really like listening to there they have a lot of uh, beliefs in in um, you know that that uh, I I've already been through is um, Phoenix and Phone Boy. Um, they have their uh, their podcast. Oh, doggone it! I don't have that. That is not up on my tabs. 
the uh, address or the uh, website that I was talking about with the Phoenix and Phone Boy is uh, the Lotus Effect. That's a podcast. I just had to do a little bit of postscript in here. For some reason, I was completely and totally blanking on the story. Anyway, back to the show. Anyway, but uh, yeah, they've got a show um, that uh, they they discuss the uh, benefits of um, you know low carb lifestyle um, and you know not eating not eating sugar and uh, they um, they 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 really get into it and um, so the, you know a lot of their beliefs are is uh, right along with me um, so. Um, I'll look this up here a little bit later. I can't talk and type at the same time, but uh, yeah, so uh, there has been a, a lot of uh, weird things going on in the news about it. And um, uh, one of the things that the uh, way that um, uh, a lot of the, the science is uh, coming about and trying to, uh, help control, try to control uh, diabetes and tr- and uh, weight loss. A lot of people that you know that have been listening to um, you know the uh, No Agenda show and um, other shows like that. They've been talking about um, medications like um, Wigovi and Ozempic and uh, a lot of things like uh, like that. You know, diabetic medications that have been repurposed for weight loss and. Um, there's a. I've had an experience with Ozempic, and and this was before everything was you know before the big stories about um, you know trying to misuse the medication for um, for other purposes other than what it was intended, and um, I I had a. I don't know if it, I would say it was a good experience it wasn't bad um i did notice a lot of the things that uh, they talk about in fact uh, i've got a story here uh, it's probably about five minutes i'm going to see if i can get into that where is there's that i'm going to see if i can play this and hopefully it'll catch it and this will be the first time i've played a clip on a sh- on any kind of show <laughs> Uh, this is from uh, Fox News, and uh, it's with, with a talk uh, for uh, Dr. Mark Siegel urges caution on diabetes drugs for weight loss, not a magic bullet. And after I get done with that, I al- I also have uh, another thing I want to discuss here about how this uh, story is actually presented on the Fox News website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, it, we'll just uh, go ahead and, and play the story here. Uh, let's see. Uh, come on. Ow. There we go. Class of weight loss drugs that are actually meant to treat diabetes. Well, Americans are becoming obsessed with a new class of weight loss drugs that are actually meant to treat diabetes. And as their popularity grows, so do the warnings of potentially dangerous side effects. These peptide medications like Ozempic do suppress appetite. Weekly prescriptions this past February were reportedly up more than five times from February 2020. 
Ozempic's maker, Novo Nordisk, says its benefits include lowering A1C, that's the amount of glucose or sugar in your blood, and lowering the risk of stroke and heart attack. Let's bring in Dr. Mark Siegel now, Fox News contributor and professor of medicine at New York University's Langone Medical Center. So first of all, Dr. Siegel, I wanted to ask you, why are doctors prescribing Ozempic for weight loss? And tell us more about who or who's supposed to be taking Ozempic. Ozempic is, uh, hi Arthur, Ozempic is semaglutide, which is a drug that affects a hormone known as GLP-1. Wegovy is the same thing. It's just a little bit of a different preparation. So Wegovy's been approved by the FDA for weight loss, Ozempic for diabetes, but doctors are not paying attention to that difference because they're so similar. And as you just showed, in July alone, bring it forward to July, over 90,000 a week prescriptions for Wagovi in the U.S., over 60,000 for Ozembic. My experience is that most of the time insurance won't cover Ozembic for weight loss, only for diabetes. So most of the time we end up giving Wagovi. Again, they're very similar. Now, what do they do? Decreases hunger in the brain. It also improves insulin function. It overcomes insulin resistance, so it decreases inflammation, which may be why it decreases your heart attack and stroke risk, and it decreases Gastric emptying means things stay in your stomach longer. And that's why uh, we're, we're talking about this today. That's why Philip Jones in Mayo and the Canadian Journal of Anesthesiology is warning that that particular side effect of food staying in your stomach longer could be a problem if you're going into anesthesia or into surgery. Interesting, and I want to take a look, Dr. Mark, of some of the side effects of Ozempic. Uh, it, they include nausea, uh, diarrhea, vomiting, stomach pain. I mean, there's nothing on this list that everyone hasn't already experienced before. So why are some of these symptoms after taking Ozempic considered dangerous? They're, they're not necessarily dangerous. I wanna say that this depends on who you are. Do you need it? How obese are you? Did you try a lifestyle change? What about diet? It's not a magic bullet here. It's something that's a tool that we finally have to decrease weight at a time when our obesity epidemic in this country is enormous. I mean, over half of Americans, almost two thirds are overweight. So it's a tool we needed. But Arthel, to your question, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, those are side effects that are either manageable or we use it to stop the drug. More importantly is the question about gastric emptying. And I want to, again, make that point about uh, if you're going in for a procedure, you know, you don't want stuff in your stomach because it can end up in your lungs. So anesthesiologists are saying maybe you should stop Ozembic or Wagovi two to three weeks before your procedure. There's no reason not to, right? Just to make sure your stomach is empty. Not a reason to stop the drug, but a caution. This is why, by the way, doctors need to be in the loop here, and not just doctors, but doctors who are familiar with these drugs. Epide uh, endocrinologists need to be involved, not just a GP necessarily. People are buying private pirated versions online. Extremely dangerous to do that. You need specialists involved who are really equipped to handle weight loss drugs. So you're saying that you know this stomach emptying blockage, if you will, um, is harmful if you're going to go under anesthesia. But what if you're not going to, going to have any procedures so, done? Uh, 
That's a great question. And I would say in the vast majority of cases, it's not a problem. For most people, it's not a problem. And it, it, this is a very rare problem. I don't think this characterizes everyone. In other words, it may slow down the rate with which you empty from your stomach and your bowel, but that may be the effect you need to stop eating so much. So the way you would handle this drug, if you're on it, is to eat less, eat more frequent meals, and not try to overeat. That's how it actually works at weight loss, one of the ways it works for weight loss. So I'm not really concerned about this side effect, but again, somebody needs to monitor this that knows what they're doing. And we don't want doctors out there to respond to the crazy push of patients who say, I wanna lose 10 pounds, I wanna lose 10 pounds. It's gotta be something that's really needed for obesity here. We'll leave it right there, Dr. Mark Siegel. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yep, and uh, I tend to agree somewhat with uh, with the stuff that uh, he was uh, that he was just talking about yeah, towards the end there um, you know, about you know who actually needs to take any any kind of medications. And, you know, the the very first thing that you should do. Uh, when you want to do something like that, or if you need to make a change, um, it, it should be changing your lifestyle first. You know, if it, that was the one one of the things that I did when uh, when I was losing all that weight. You know, I I started the keto, which means when you I, I was doing uh, hardcore keto, which means that my total income or, or intake of carbohydrates, and that's all carbohydrates, not just net carbs. But total carbohydrates was anywhere from zero to twenty, and um, so and that that helped a little bit. But that only helped just so much with my weight loss. It did help drastically with uh, with my glucose control. Um, my A one C went from I think like a nine point eight or something. It, it was obscenely high. And uh, within uh, six months, I had it down to a, about a five, five point two, five point five, something like that. Which means uh, I think my average blood sugar was running somewhere. I think it was around eighty five. You know, um, which you know, for for a non for a, a diabetic, that is a that, that's a spectacular number. And. Um, I just forgot where I was going to go with this, but uh, yeah. So I did. Uh, I did. Uh, uh, yeah, I followed all of that, and the the one lifestyle change that I did do, which I ended up stopping, um, because I just things just went out of control, was in in addition to um, working you know, with your diet, you need to get the exercise, and this is something that is very very important. When you get the exercise, um, it, it's it, your body, your engine essentially turns on, and it needs to be constant, it, and I not more than thirty minutes a day. It doesn't need to be anything that's you know you're not going to go out and you know, try to run a marathon or anything like that. I did I did thirty minutes of walking. I would walk thirty minutes for two days, and then take a day off. And then walk thirty minutes each day for two days. Take a day off, and once I started doing that and controlling with what I uh, was eating, I went from that four hundred and thirty-five down to three hundred. I did that in you know, a year. You know, one hundred and thirty-five pounds in a year. You know, that's twelve months. 
You know, so that's ten pounds a month, or a little, you know, ten or eleven pounds a month, and that's you know that that's a that's a pretty impressive continuous weight loss. And, and the thing is, you know, I, while I was losing it, I never did any kind of uh, plateauing or anything like that. It's just once I I made that change, um, and 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 kept it going for a year, I lost all that weight, and. Like I was saying, the the way that it works is you when you start doing that exercise, it's thirty minutes. Your body sort of makes a change. It, it actually starts uh, energizing, or, or the the quote unquote um, motor starts running. You know, your your metab- metabolism begins to pick up, and that's where your body starts consuming. Um, calories and because you're not eating carbohydrates um your your glucose level is low so your body ends up switching over to fat or ketones uh, to use as its energy source but it it needs to actually have the reason to start to consume that so if you just think that keto alone or or even with all these medications that you know, that's going to be a, the quote-unquote magic bullet to get your uh, blood sugar down. It'll, it'll help with your blood sugar, but it's not going to help much with your weight. You'll have an initial weight loss as uh, um, you know, high, high, higher glucose in um, uh, levels end up keeping, you know, you get the water weight. So when you, when you first start that sort of thing, you probably lose about 10 or 15 pounds but then you'll you'll end up plateauing. But the 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 only way to restart that is not just a diet change, but you need to get the exercise. So when uh, when you get your exercise, you know uh, your that metabolism kicks on. Your body starts looking for the glucose. It can't find any glucose, so it starts converting your body fat into ketones, which your system ends up using for energy. So yeah, that's the basics. That's a very very basic description of it. Um, so if you if you're gonna do that sort of thing, it's not just a diet. It's diet and exercise. You got to make sure you get the exercise. So and uh, I've unfortunately I've fallen off my exercise bit here, and like I said, I've I've gained you know seventy five to eighty pounds back here over the last two years, and <laughs> it's got to go. So. But the other thing I wanted to talk about here, <laughs> I'm going to link this news story. Um, it'll be on my website. And the, this news story is what the, the, the report that you just heard um, with Dr. Mark Siegeler just cautioned on diabetes drugs for weight loss, not a magic bullet. Now, the way that Fox News uh, introduced this, their story, their title is, Your Diabetes Risk May Double If You Eat This Food Twice a Week, says Harvard researchers. Now, the news story, the text of the news story has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, or I, I should say, the, uh, the, the audio portion of this story has absolutely nothing to do with... Um, this, uh, this following uh, story. I'm going to read this off. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, uh, title is Your Diabetes Risk May Double If You Eat This Food Twice a Week, says Harvard re- uh, researchers. And got to love the, uh, the, the, 
the uh, the the click the click catcher. Uh, it says just two servings of red meat per week can increase the risk of developing type two diabetes. A new study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition revealed. Bullshit. That's <laughs> just it's just not going to happen when you're eating red meat or any meats. Your glucose ends up going down, and, you know, as long as you're not introducing other forms of sugar. Eh, well, you know, I've already explained all of that. And the story continues. Swapping the red meat for plant-based proteins by comparison was linked to reduced diabetes risk, uh, the study found. So, number one, the second line in the story, they're shilling for fake meats. I kind of find that highly suspicious. Uh, see, researchers from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health analyzed more than 30 years of health data and dietary choices for 216,695 patients. So you've got 30 years worth of stories, or 30 years worth of health data, but plant-based protein meats, fake meats, they've only been around for, what, five years? And they've only become really popular within the last three. But now that all of a sudden this is for 30 years worth of health data. Yeah. Like I said, this is, this is, a, a, I think it's going to be a written commercial <laughs> for trying to push fake meats. They said, uh, continuing on around 22,000 of them developed type two diabetes, according to a press release from the university. Um, those who consume the highest amount of red meat were 62% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes compared to those who ate the least amount. Now, there's a whole lot of missing information there. Um, you know, people that are eating red meat, what are they eating with the red meat? You sit down, you eat yourself a good steak. What's the first thing that you do that the average person does is... Uh, what, what's the first thing that they eat when they sit down and have a steak? First, first thing they're going to do is, oh, do you want mushrooms and onions on that? Yes, absolutely. I love mushrooms and onions on my steak. Source of carbohydrates. Steak and, complete the sentence, that's right, potatoes. High starch. Potatoes are some of the most high-carb uh, foods that are out there, especially if they're if they've been processed and ground up and you know made into French fries or steak fries or anything like that, and they've got all these additional additives in them. Steak and potatoes. So you got sixty two percent more likely to develop type two diabetes versus those who ate the least amount. Okay, great. And what the other people that you know, eat the least amount? You, you have a big big him. 20-ounce steak, you're going to have a bigger size of fries or bigger, you know, a bigger mashed, but yeah, not a bigger baked potato. You order one of these little petite steaks, you know, six, seven, eight ounces. You're not going to get a great big, huge serving of fries with it. So your glucose or your uh, carbohydrate is cut in half. Lower carbohydrates means less risk of developing type 2 diabetes. You see where this is going? 
Okay, continue on. Although all red meats drove up the risk, processed meats did so more than their unprocessed counterparts. Yeah, I can agree with that. Because processed meats, that's your stuff like bologna, Braunschweiger, um, roast beef, you know, all the stuff that, you know, you go to the deli and they slice it off, you know, sandwich meats. Yeah, they, because that's all been processed. It's all been chopped up and it's been processed and preformed. And uh, they've uh, done nothing but inject all kinds of crap and garbage into it. And it's, uh, it it's, yeah, that could, there's a lot of sugar in that sort of stuff. So now, for every daily serving of processed Red meat diabetes risk increased by 46% compared to 24% for each serving on processed meat. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Although the 24% of unprocessed meat, it's not the unprocessed meat. It's what you eat with it that's causing the problem. But they don't want to report this. Our findings strongly uh, strongly support that limiting intake of red meat instead of choosing mainly plant uh, plant sources of protein will help reduce an individual's risk of developing type 2 diabetes and its consequences, said first author Zhao Gu. I'm assuming that's X-I-A-O and G-U, so I don't know if that is Zhao Gu or Chao Gu. Uh, Postdoctoral research fellow in the Department of Nutrition at Harvard and Boston uh, in a statement to Fox News Digital. Uh, no, not going to happen. The first thing that happens when you're uh, eating processed or not, not um, the, the plant-based protein meats, it's just like regular processed meat, just like processed deli meats. It's all full of injections and chemicals and uh, added salts and sugars and all you know, all the everything that's wrong with it. I I actually tested this sort of thing. I went to uh, Burger King here and by, about a year or so ago, and I ordered a um, what you there Impossible Meat uh, hamburgers. I ordered it without the bun, and I just you know basically, yeah, I had a little bit of onion, a little bit of lettuce on it. And I I use my own uh, low you know to no sugar ketchup on it, you know because I I have a little bottle in, that I carry with me in the truck, and I ate that and my blood sugar went up almost sixty five points just from eating you know just just this hamburger that's that's made out of vegetable protein so no yeah it, it, it uh, it's all the chemicals all the processes uh, all the processed garbage in it yeah the. It's no good. It's not good for diabetics. Let's see, where was I? Uh, you know, if I okay, I can read that. Uh, by comparison, eating one serving of nuts and legumes reduced the risk of... What was that? Uh, telegram. <laughs> uh, by comparison, eating one serving of nuts and legumes reduced the risk of type 2 diabetes by 30%. It depends on what your def- definition of a serving is. I mean, if you eat too many, as always, you know, moderation is key. Um, and they, nuts and legumes and whatnot, that, that's peanuts, almonds, um, walnuts, that sort of thing, bean-type uh, things. Um, yeah, they're, they, as long as you're not overdoing it, yeah, that, that, that can help. Uh, see, a serving of dairy products drove down risk by 
Eh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't think it's going to raise it any, but it, it, dairy definitely helps make uh, in keeping yourself in keto um, a bit quite a bit hard because there's a lot of natural uh, sugars in um, in milk. So the, that's one of the things when you're eating uh, in uh, uh, following a keto diet, you know, you, the milk is off the menu. I mean, you can have cheese um, as long as it's not processed, you know, like craft uh, slices and stuff like that. But, you know, you can have the, 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 the brick cheese or block cheese, that sort of thing, or shredded cheese. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, so continue on. As Goo pointed out, there are many different viewpoints about whether people should limit consumption of red meat. Uh, we employed advanced methods to take into account possible errors in reporting dietary inta- intake, and we controlled in, detailed, uh, in detail for extraneous factors that might account for our findings, he told Fox News Digital. Our findings provide a greater level of certainty about this important relationship. Uh, among people who consume the traditional Mediterranean diet, which limits red meat intake, abundant, uh, abundant evidence, and that's in quotes, has shown health benefits. I've never really taken a look at the Mediterranean diet, uh, although uh, on the um, what I do know of it, you know, it, there's a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables that are added in that, and uh, the type of carbohydrates that they uh, that they provide are simple carbohydrates versus complex. Um, so it, it's it's easier to control, but you, there's still the amount of sugars there that really aren't healthy for you. Uh, so based on study findings, the researchers uh, recommended limiting red meat consumption to no more than two servings per week, and once would be better. Yeah. But I bet I guarantee if he if you said oh well you know fake meat impossible meat sure man eat 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 all that you want of that <laughs> we would also suggest people replace mid uh, red meat with healthy plant based protein sources such as nuts and legumes yeah uh, yeah uh, see adopting this dietary strategy will reduce uh, individuals' risk of developing type two diabetes and its consequences which will ultimately improve the health and well-being of people worldwide. Therefore, adopting a dietary pattern with limited amount of red meats is healthy and realistic. No, no, it's not. You eat an, a, a good serving of red meat or any meat um, that is unprocessed, as in not had a, you know, been uh, chopped and formed and had all kinds of chemicals put into it, and you reduce your amid, uh, amount of processed sugars in you will have much, much better life than eating all of this crap and garbage, you know, processed uh, fake meats. And, you know, it, it, the, we are made of meat. We are what we eat. And we are made of meat, so we need to eat meat. <laughs> Plain and simple. So, <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a really screwy situation, but the 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 thing that really bugs me about the story it's not the content it's the un the 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 story itself um has absolutely nothing it doesn't mention anything about um the diabetes drugs it doesn't mention anything about Wagovi it doesn't mention anything about Ozempic. 
And I think in uh, on the No Agenda show, they they talked about this, uh, and they call it a whiplash effect, a whiplash reporting, where they would use a sound um, a, a, a sound effect uh, from one story and use you know use it as a sound effect to report something that was completely and totally different and unrelated, and that's exactly what they did here. It, they uh, report you know about eating red meat. They did clickbait title, eat this food. You know, they didn't give anything to give an indication, trying to drive the clicks. And the video has absolutely nothing to do with the story that's reported. (laughs) Just it's Adam and Adam and John and the No Agenda show have trained me well to look for this sort of thing. And in in recent times, yeah, because I've been having my problems, I just I haven't been paying attention, but. When this story came across, it just <laughs> that was the fir- very first thing. Once I once I compared the 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 video or the audio to the actual uh, website report, <laughs> yeah, whiplash. That, that's that, that's mainstream media for you. <laughs> very very weird. And then uh, yeah, I think this story was uh, put up on on uh, the twenty first of October. Although in the uh, in the story they uh, uh, some of the, s- the things that were that were cited by Doctor Siegel were uh, going back all the way to February and March or not March but uh, July I think so some of the information was a little bit outdated by probably three or four months but um, the story itself is uh, it came up about three weeks ago and uh, I managed to catch it while I was out on the road but there's a I was going to say something else, but I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> we'll just move on Move on to another story. <laughs> uh, let's see. What were we looking at here? Uh, oh, the... Uh, uh, what was we looking at? Where'd it go? Uh, yeah, man says Otter attacked him while he was swimming. Uh, and this was an AOL news report, and there's also a... Uh, video to go with it oh that story is no longer available on aol well i'll I'll play the uh, i'll play the uh, the audio here (laughs) it's it's the guy got hurt he got injured he got um he was out swimming this is the basic uh, basics of the story he was out swimming in in a uh, a lake in california and he ended up getting attacked by some otters and um i i i i the guy you know i i I don't like taking major enjoyment out of other people's pain and everything but you know when you uh, when i i get it when people think that they can just go into nature and just interact with nature and you know think that they have all the rights in the world you know animals don't recognize and understand what rights are all they know is, hey, you're in my territory. Get out or get hurt or killed. But uh, I, I'll go ahead and I'll play this story here. See if I can get this to play. Uh, yeah. Man says otters attacked him while he was swimming in a California lake. It is by far the most terrifying experience I've 
ever had in my life. Nothing even comes close Terrifying. to it. Attacked by otters. Matt Leffers has been swimming in serene lakes for 30 years, but nothing could have prepared him for what happened in the water on September 3rd. I was about 100 to 120 feet out right there. That's when Matt felt something bite his leg. And within a, a seconds, I was bit again. And then I started swimming fast, but there was the otter popped up right in front of me. And uh, then I was bit again. Matt says two otters viciously attacked him. His wife eventually used a paddleboard to get him to shore and took him to the hospital. But the damage was done. Photos showing the bloody aftermath. Matt says the otters bit him at least a dozen times and left him with 40 puncture wounds. These things were so aggressive. They literally, I felt like they wanted to kill me. But this is not the first time this has happened. KCRA 3 has confirmed that otters also attacked someone at Serene Lakes in July. I think the fact that, that I'm the second person attacked here this summer, uh, it's, it's a big red flag. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife tells us they're aware of the otter issue here at Serene Lakes and other bodies of water, but they say there's not much they can do. Nature is not a theme park, right? I mean, there are the real risks that you have to be mindful of. Fish and wildlife Best officials say river story. otter attacks on people are very rare, but add that they are a predator species. They won't normally attack people or larger animals. However, they will defend their territory if they feel threatened. That includes threats to their hunting grounds. KCRE 3 obtained a letter Fish and Wildlife sent to the Serene Lakes community in late September saying the abundance of fish in the lake is a likely cause for otter presence and behavior. So what's the solution? Officials are asking residents to limit fish stocking in the non-swimming section of the lake. That's wimpy. Matt wants the otters to be removed. With his attack wounds healing but still visible, he says fish and wildlife can and should do more. They need to mitigate the situation before somebody gets killed. Thanks for watching. Stay updated about breaking news and top stories. On no, I'm not going to stay updated. <laughs> yeah, that, that last line, hey, man, they need to do something about it. Well, the only thing that they can really do is you know, take the common sense approach. Nature is not a theme park. You don't want to get bit. Stay out of the water. But everybody wants to seem to think that, well, you know, this is America. I'm a human being. I have the right to swim wherever I want. Great. Fine. Fantastic. You take the action, suffer the consequences. You want to go up and, and try to pet the buffalo? And you get a, a, a horn in the gut or, you know, elsewhere? You get what you deserve. <laughs> it, it just you know we're we're as as a people we're just we're so full of arrogance that we think we control everything and that because of everything that we've seen on television we've seen it on Disney we've seen it on all kinds of other uh, things we think that animals are our play toys and they're they're just they're not <laughs> we do not have play toys in nature you know it's. Everybody wants to treat every wild animal uh, like a, a, a like a kitten. You know, oh, it's so cute. Let me go up and pet it, and then you know they lose an arm. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, several. Uh, oh God, this was uh, quite a, quite a ways, quite a long time ago. I I'd, uh, I'd had a uh, uh, a, a co driver. And we were in Georgia, I think it was. 
Yeah, it was on the I seventy five north of uh, north of Atlanta between Atlanta and Chattanooga, and we're driving up the road and we're going northbound on I seventy five, and we come up in the rush hour, and there's a it was either a coyote or a very small wolf that was laying in the middle of the road, and it was still alive, and you could tell that it's bad. It had been hit by either a car, or truck, or something, and um. It, you could tell it, its back had been broken because it's, it could not stand. It uh, it was just laying there. Um, it was trying to get up and, and move, and only its front you know its front paws were moving. And all these cars are driving by, and the thing is you know just frightened out of its mind. And you know it, it's biting at, at all the cars, snapping at all the cars and trucks as they're going by. And yeah, you know, my co-driver happened to be sitting there looking at he's like you know we we should pull over and we should do something we can go over i can go over there and i can grab it and i can pull it off the road and i'm like dude no <laughs> that that thing is a fur covered razor blade you go over there and you try to drag it off it's gonna eat your ass halfway alive <laughs> not gonna happen and i'm glad that i was driving because if, if he had been driving uh, he, he would have gone he, he literally would have stopped and gone out because he just he did not understand the nature of frightened animals and wildlife, you know, they're not for, you know, uh, human, you know, we're not designed, we're not meant to mix with them. You know, we may be the apex predator on the planet, but we didn't get that way by being dumb. <laughs> so it just, it's just one of those uh, people just, they, they don't think because, we are so separated from uh, our, you know, from nature, from our understanding of it, that uh, we just we think we can go and do whatever it is that we want and not have a care in the world. You know, it's that responsibility thing. Everybody thinks they have all the rights, but nobody wants the responsibilities. But that's a discussion for another day. And then, uh, I do got one other story I wanted to kind of talk about here, and. Um, it's uh, this is for the drivers out there that uh, anybody's uh, driving in uh, um, driving a commercial vehicle. Um, and this is about uh, uh, state of Wyoming has finally, finally put down number uh, limits on any time that the, that the road is closed. Or if you know during inclement weather, Wyoming has has a, a, a historical record of um, closing the roads or putting limitations on um, the types of vehicles that can drive on the road while they uh, while they are uh, while you know, during inclement weather. And the way that the story the story the way that the laws used to be, you know, they put up all these big signs. And anytime you know, the winds were going to come up, they'd put up a big sign and they'd say, you know, crosswinds 40 plus miles per hour, crosswinds 50 plus miles per hour, road closed to light uh, and over, uh, oversized vehicles, which is any, it, it's a very ambiguous statement. There, it wasn't anything that was specific, and th their reasoning was that if you're driving on the road and you get blown over, doesn't matter how heavy you are. If you're eighty thousand pounds and you're driving a truck and you get blown over, you you were too light. But and and they use that to um, to to 
punished. And I guess there's quite a few uh, drivers that have turned around and fought that because, you know, it's, it's a, they, no, they wouldn't give a specific weight um, or, you know, they wouldn't put down a specific type of um, circumstance to which um, they would prevent trucks. You know, they'd leave it very broad. But now they've uh, they've turned around and changed that. I said uh, this is from Oil City News, uh, Wyoming community. Uh, said better signs, bigger penalties. Legislature Y dot takes on blow over crashes. Um, and this is by uh, Maggie Mullen and Wyo File. I don't know what that's all about. I said, uh, drive a Wyoming highway for any length of time in the winter and you'll see them. Large trucks swaying in the wind as they crawl along icy roads. Sometimes a gust of wind toppling the truck and creating dangerous obstacles for other drivers. State transportation officials often close highways in the winter to light, high-profile vehicles, but those warnings aren't always followed. Now the Wyoming Department of Transportation is trying something new. Drivers can expect to see different, more specific signage along the interstate, warning them when these roads are closed to light, high-profile vehicles. For those who don't heed the warnings and drive on closed roads, however, lawmakers are considering new penalties. The Joint Transportation, Highways, and Military Affairs Committee voted to sponsor a draft bill on Thursday to create a misdemeanor for such a violation of punishable by a $2,500 fine and up to 30 days in jail. Uh, last winter's higher-than-usual I-80 closures, along with an increasing amount of blowover crashes, um, inspired the legislation. Anecdotally, Chairman Representative Landon Brown, Repu- Republican Cheyenne, uh, said lawmakers had also heard of trucking companies in- encouraging drivers to ignore closures while promising to foot the bill should a fine occur. That happens a lot. Uh, Taking into account, the committee added another stipulation to the bill. A first-time offense would also disqualify a person from using their CDL for one year. Uh, And the bill will be up for consideration when lawmakers meet in 2024. Uh, Yeah. They they have uh, changed the signs. said uh, no longer, and this is where the, the actual uh, things have been changed, and this is a good change. said no longer are we going to be doing uh, general closures to light high-profile vehicles. They're a bit nebulous, said Vincent, uh, Vince Garcia, manager of YDOT's Geographical Information System and Intelligent Transportation Systems Program. What a name. Uh, instead, Garcia told lawmakers YDOT will be doing closures specific to the weight of the vehicles. This change will only take place along Wyoming's interstates where electronic signs are already installed. And there's some uh, pictures um, that go with this, and I've already seen these up in uh, Wyoming. There's, there's, it's uh, the beginning of November, and there's already been several uh, several closes. And... Uh, Said road close to high-profile vehicles under 30,000 pounds, under 60,000 pounds, wind gusts to exceed 70 miles per hour, 50 miles per hour, and so on. Uh, I've already seen some of these. Um, these signs have traditionally been used to provide drivers with real-time traffic alerts, such as road closure for light, high-profile vehicles, but the frequency for those closures may be minimizing the meaning and urgency of high wind events, according to YDOT. And yeah, that, that's definitely true. You know that uh, 
like the earlier in the story said, um, it, there's too many companies out there that were pushing the drivers to drive in these dangerous conditions, and none of the drivers had the stones to step up and say, no, I'm not going to do it. That's the one thing I like about my company. I don't get forced into, into doing things that, uh, that I don't want to do. And then the story continues, plus out-of-state drivers may not understand the tenacity of Wyoming winds compared to a seasoned resident. Uh, another difficulty Garcia said has to do with identification. Unfortunately, it's difficult to define with a, what a light, high-profile vehicle is, Garcia said, because when people are asking us to define them, what they are really asking uh, for us is to tell them what type of vehicle is going to blow over. Uh, answering that, Garcia said, many invo involves many variables such as weight, shape, and speed of a vehicle, wind gust and direction, roadway geometry, and surface condition, as well as driver's experience. And further complicating the matters is an increase in intensity and frequency of strong wind events, according to materials provided by to the committee by YDOT. Uh, meanwhile, tractor trailers are becoming lighter for fuel efficiency, plus distribution centers in Cheyenne uh, often mean trucks are arriving fully loaded but leaving as empty trailers. And I've been to a lot of the distributions in Cheyenne, and they're absolutely right. You know, there's been many a time where I've had to uh, pull across the I-80 with a, either a, a very light loaded and very or an empty trailer, and it can get a little hairy sometimes. Um, there's been more than once where I've just, uh, I've flat out refused, you know, I'd find a place to park and that's it. Uh, let's see, uh, continuing on the section of I-25 South of Cheyenne is where Dr. Norikari O'Hara, uh, focused his research for YDOT. That was kind of the wrong place to research, but that's a story for another day. O'Hara is an associate professor in UW's College of Engineering and Physical Sciences. He found that a slight headwind is more dangerous than a direct broadside gust for a heavy vehicle. Additionally, light vehicles are more prone to blowing over regardless of wind direction. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have that much problems with with headwinds, but I've I've been I've been more scared when a when I'm driving and, and there's a sidewind. <laughs> that uh, that's that scares me more than a headwind does. Uh, YDOT plans to use that research to enhance its commercial vehicle operator portal. Uh, currently, the system provides visibility, wind, and surface condition forecasts for interstate highways in Wyoming. New capabilities would show windows of opportunity for drivers and would create an option for drivers to self-evaluate blowover risk. And then it goes on about the legislation, legalese, and all of that. I'm not going to really go into that. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's Wyoming is, is starting to take a more specific tact uh, about that. And... It's that's all right, I suppose, but it's sometimes it, uh, taking a little bit more of an ambiguous approach and not being super specific because when you start giving specific numbers um, to somebody, well, you know, you were uh, the the science said you know it was thirty nine forty thousand pounds and you can't go, but sir, I was only thirty nine thousand nine hundred and forty pounds. I was sixty pounds under. 
And yet I got blown over, but because I was under your gross weight by 40, by 60 pounds, I'm not eligible for that. Yeah, that's, no. That's something where a little bit more of an ambiguous um, a description would get the point across um, rather than specific numbers. It, it, it seems better on the surface, but when uh, there needs to be some wiggle room in there, you know, if somebody tries to, 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 to play the specifics, you know, once you put a number, that becomes something that is very specific. And that, that's what I see is going to be happening. And the, the smart drivers isn't going to, uh, isn't going to fall into, isn't going to allow that trap to happen. Is you know, if I'm 39,500 pounds, it says 40,000 pounds. I'm going to park, you know, it's, there's no way, there's no way around it. You know, it's, um, and believe me, last year was, oh, I, I spent three days, yeah, something, yeah, something like three days in, uh, in Cheyenne. Uh, my company has a terminal um, in Cheyenne, and I had to deliver at the uh, Walmart um, distribution center uh, that's just a little bit west of uh, I-25 on the uh, west side of Cheyenne, and I was on the east side of Cheyenne, and the road was closed, and I, I couldn't make it 16 miles. I sat for three, three and a half days in minus 20-degree weather, three and a half miles, 16 and a half miles away from my delivery for three days. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that, that, uh, that is the thing that, uh, that needs to be done. And the company that I work for, they, these, they're good people. They didn't push me. They, they didn't turn around and say, well, you're only, you're only that far. You know, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, because I guarantee the first time that I put so much as a scratch on another vehicle or a scratch on my vehicle and the police get called, their story is going to be, oh, well, that was his decision. He's the one who decided to break the law. You know, they wouldn't do anything uh, uh, to step up and defend me. So, you know, I, they're a good company, but I don't trust them in, in the least. So, and that's the thing that a lot of drivers out here, they're willing to take the risk, but they don't realize that for the people that they work for, they're not going to get defended. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, I've been, uh, yeah, wow, yeah. I've been uh, chattering here for an hour, so uh, probably going to, yeah, we're going to get off of here. I might end up trimming this down a little bit, but we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, this is a Sir Truck Driver, and uh, we're going to, I don't have any kind of closing tunes or closing sort of thing, so uh, we're just going to get out of here. Uh, and yeah, if you have any uh, any feedback on the and on this or any of the stories, uh, go ahead and uh, drop me an email at uh, rollingonshow at gmail dot com. Um, you can also, if you are a member of uh, the Fediverse or you have a Mastodon instance or anything, you can look me up. Uh, rollingonshow at otr dot rocks. No, that is not an email address. Do not send email there. That is an, uh, um, a Mastodon, um, kind of like a, a Twitter handle type thing. So you can uh, put an invite request there, um, and or not a invite, but uh, you know you can follow me there. 
I have my own instance, but I don't uh, allow anybody else to uh, to join it because it's uh, just a very small time. I don't have enough data and a big enough plan to support multiple users. So, uh, yep, I guess that's about it. And I will catch everybody later. Uh, have a good day. I hope you stay warm, stay dry, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, so on and so forth. We're out of here. Bye-bye.